Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let's get started. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Spirit of the Week. We might be a little off. We are doing a Zoom today. Because we're in a pandemic. This panorama does not seem like it's going to end. So Zoom calls are what we're going to have to do now. This week, we are Zooming with my good friend, Travis. Hey, Travis. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. Travis thank and I. Thank you so much met, for having me. Oh my God. Thank you so much for coming. Um, Travis yes, and I yes. met uh, working catering at a lovely establishment called Love Catering. Shout out, Love. Shout out, Love. <laughs> hey, Jonathan. Yeah. I think I had red hair when I met you, but you I did. remember yes. like yes. my roots were slightly growing out. And like, I have super blonde hair. And so I remember you mentioning when I finally told you I was not a natural redhead, you were like, oh, I thought you were just going white. Oh Oh my God. Oh my gosh. I am so sorry. Don't be sorry. It was hilarious. Not white. I meant gray, but still like, I I thought it was hilarious because I was like, I thought I did a good job in dyeing my hair. I did not. Oh, so. Okay, to to defend myself, at that point, I think I we had already known each other for a while, and oh, yeah. we were on like that level of friendship. So, like, oh. listeners, don't hate me. This wasn't like the first <laughs> or second time seeing her and be like, "Oh, you're gray hair, right?" No, no, my God, no. This you definitely did not mention that until we were really good friends. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I got to go to Travis's beautiful wedding. Oh my yes, gosh! Yes. Congrats! And thank you. Thank you great little story I was in so Travis moved to New York yeah I went for when I was working for um the makeup company I um went on a work trip to New York and I was taking the G train maybe the L some sort of train it was the F train because we're we're going through Midtown yeah okay 
Okay. I know there's letters, don't really know where they go, <laughs> which one I'm on at any time, but I got onto one of the trains, stood there for like five minutes, looked over and there's Travis and his big old eyeballs, like staring directly at me. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like out of everyone in this city, out of every car, every F car in this town, like I had to walk into your compartment. Yeah, yeah. I like hadn't seen you since your wedding. It was the craziest thing. Like I had been a solid two years. And for more context, it was like midnight. It was midnight. It it wasn't like, it wasn't like it was seven o'clock at night. It was it was midnight. I, I will always vividly remember this. Uh, yeah. My wife and I were out with friends and we all get in the, in, in the train car and it's literally just us and Anne and yeah. Anne's just sitting there by herself. Oh my God. And I'm sitting there, friends are talking and my wife's like talking with them and whatnot. And I'm just sitting there like this creeper, just like, <laughs> is like, that Anne? Like, I think, I think that's Anne. And I finally said something to my wife. I said something to Amanda. I was like, I think that's Anne. And she was like, no, like you probably had too much to drink. That's not Anne. Like (laughs) we're on the other side of the country. Yeah. And then you were going to get up. And then I like, I thought I was being very slick, but it was probably (laughs) really awful. But I like slightly slid in front of like your walking path as you were, Mm -hmm. as you were exiting the train to make you say like Travis, instead (laughs) of me having to say like, is that Anne? So I definitely took like the lower road on that. But (laughs) I, I went from the, I went from the creepy guy on the train staring at you to the creepy guy on the train, like blocking your path, like, hey. Stop so, me. Yeah. Well, and like I'm unfamiliar to New York. Like I'm on mm-hmm. the subway at midnight plus. Like I was probably like trying to admit like an aura of like danger and like toughness so that I, like my little blonde ass like wouldn't be like mugged. But anyway, so I was completely taken aback when like I just see Travis there and I was like, holy shit. So yeah, that was, it's definitely on the top of the list of best New York moments was randomly running in a city of 8 million people running yeah. into Anne on the exactly. F train. That's okay. some serendipity shit right there. Yeah. How do you not believe in ghost with a story <laughs> like that? Oh my God. Solid connection. Here we go, guys. Yes. I'm just Other world connection heard, right there. Yeah, I know. In mysterious ways. Yes. Honestly, that really is a beautiful story. I do hope you write uh, the screenplay on it about the love story of friends and timing because I would love to read Midnight Train. I would love to approve that script for you. Okay. Done. Done, done. Um, So that leads us to the perfect segue. Uh, what do you believe of the afterlife and ghosts and aliens, our dear Travis? Oh, um, good thing we start with a small question there. Right. Um, so I, I personally am a Christian, so I do believe in a heaven and a hell. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as aliens, I, I think, I think there's other, like there has to be other life out there. Yeah. Um, I just think the universe is so ginormously massive mm-hmm. that it's 
the possibility of us ever finding them or them ever finding us right um is very slim um i am on the side of i hope that we find them first because if they find us first then we're the petri dish you know like we're the ones being examined and that's terrifying to me right meaning they're more advanced and they're able to get to us quicker yeah, yeah i i yeah. agree with that definitely think there um are other stuff out there and um have always been a fan of like literature and and movies that examine that and like what our place in on this earth means and how that ripple affects throughout the universe yeah agreed totally yeah. world is too big or the galaxy is too big yeah. yeah and i feel like i've always believed in like ghost and heaven and hell and all that kind of stuff but it isn't till recently and maybe this is just like getting older with age to actually realize like your existence and like a, a bigger picture, you know, which is why maybe now I only believe in aliens. I don't think I did before. I just liked like the Lisa Frank alien stuff. And like, that was like, as far as my alien vibe went, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But like ghosts have to be real. Cause like, I've always felt something, you know? Oh, I, shoot. I completely forgot that you uh, mentioned ghosts um, or that you had <laughs> asked about ghosts. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, in terms of like my upbringing like it's it's also another complicated one for me to answer like being mexican-american and being and having like the mother the single mother that i had growing up who's like suit like 100 percent there there are ghosts there's spirits like mm -hmm. it's all around us um it's always been really uh difficult for me to like grapple with the idea of like i i firmly believe there's a heaven and hell but like why or where would these spirits be on this? Why would they be on this earth? Like, yeah. why aren't they just in one or the other? Mm -hmm. um, but in also believing that there's a hell, like I'm, I, I don't believe hell is like a fire and brimstone, like guy with horns down there. What do you think it is? Um, so like falling back to like my Christian beliefs, it's, it's just a place that's always devoid of God. So it's a, a it's an eternal place that, that you can't, that you are forever separated from God. Okay. So would you, and I'm just, I'm just brainstorming. Would you then think like, if that is hell, do you think then that like longing and sadness and like great separation from God, do you think that would generate enough energy to maybe reach our plane of existence and like it be an echo of the pain and suffering that's down or over there? I mean, possibly. Um, I think, you know, staying within, within my own belief system of knowing that like my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life mm -hmm. and thinking that in hell, you don't have access to a relationship like that. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine how like painful or how tormenting that must be. And that kind of, that kind of segues into, into one story that I personally have and and you already know this one but um Brittany you don't um one of my cousins when I was little he actually um flatlined for five minutes and uh the I, we were all in the hospital because we were there like trying to make sure that he pulled through and like you know being there to support him I mean he didn't he, he didn't know at the time that we were there but um yeah, yeah. he was flatlined for five minutes and the doctors were like trying to resuscitate him 
Um, and they did, thankfully. And when he came to, he very vividly said that when he flatlined and died, he had went to hell and that he felt he felt his body um, definitely not necessarily uh, like go like down, like not that like hell is like underneath us or anything like that, but he definitely felt his body leave his body. Like it was out of body experience, but it was a very visceral and vivid experience. Um, he always said like it, it, it was not dreamlike in any way, but uh, he said that he went to a very dark place, like luminance wise, it was very dark. Um, yeah. And that there was this wall of like hands that were like reaching out to him. And then uh, he saw three of our family members that had already passed away. Wow. Um, yeah. They thankfully uh, brought him back. And after that, he was uh, he was a born again uh, Christian and a believer. But I mean, that would terrify probably a lot of people. Yeah. But he unfortunately has passed away at this point now. But till the day that he had passed away, he was adamant that like that was an experience that he actually went through it wasn't like a he wasn't in like a coma state or yeah yeah Yeah. that would be terrifying I just when you told me that the other day I gave I was like oh my god I I don't even have any other words right now I'm just like oh my god I've never I don't think I've ever heard anyone's story of like being pulled into the darkness or the light yeah, I, um, that's the only story that I know. I mean, I mean, that's the only personal story that I know. I mean, yeah. I feel like you, you hear or see things on like, excuse me, on uh, like TV shows and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But you have to always take that with a grain of salt thinking like, mm, are they actors? Like how, how much do they want to just be on TV? Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like growing up, um, I feel like in, uh, Mexican culture there are just a lot of of stories that are told there's a lot of urban legends there's a lot of like scary stories that are told whether that's like um the Alcogui which is like the boogeyman or uh whether there's like La Llorona um the story of like the crime woman so growing up around that like I cannot remember a time in my life where like scary stories or like the question of the unknown wasn't always around me um and the biggest influence was definitely my mom she she like loves all of that all of that um use it as like a like go to bed before eight or like so a lot of parents do like a lot of mexican parents are like oh you better behave or alcohol is gonna come get you so like the little kids are like okay i'll pay attention so like the boogeyman doesn't come get me um my mom was a little different she was very much like i'm not going to have my kid be afraid of this stuff okay so she would actually get upset if like one of my family members would try and try and say that try and say like oh la llorona is gonna come get you tonight you know like my mom would like shut that down and be like no she's not (laughs) at the same time like she also might still be there but she's not coming for you you know like she's just there no 100 believe that 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 she's there but like you're fine no (laughs) one's gonna come get you on a side note did you see that movie and what did you think Okay, so if you're referring, probably yes, I saw. There was a recent I mean, one. There was a recent yeah. one, like two so years ago. The hard part about like diversity in film, right, is like, I feel like you have to support it or else like 
the big wigs in the studio are going to be like, oh, well, no one wants a, no one wants a Latino film anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but there was, uh, I think it was 2017, there was the Curse of La Llorona, which like took place within the Conjuring universe from Warner Brothers. Right. Which was interesting because it was the Curse of La Llorona, but um, a white woman was the main person. So it was very, <laughs> it was very weird okay. um, and was not very good. Let's call her La Lorna or La Lauren or something. <laughs> it's so funny because in trailers nowadays, you don't have the like, you don't have the in the world like right. voice anymore. Yeah. But yeah. when that trailer came out, like is dead silent. And then like in the end, the voice is like the curse of La Llorona. And I'm like, oh, that's definitely so like all the people that don't know Spanish yeah. aren't saying like the curse of La La La, La Jorna yeah. like, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, but highly recommend, and it was actually just nominated uh, this morning on the Golden Globes uh, for best international film. There's a Guatemalan film called La Llorona and oh. absolutely amazing. Um, really? It takes, the, it takes the story of La Llorona and pretty much uses it as a metaphor for the horrors that are going on like within the country and like civil war and like yeah. the hierarchy system of, uh, or like the class system. Right. Um, highly recommend it. Um, I saw it on, it's on Shudder. Um, don't know if either of you have that streaming service, but it is on Shutter. Um, I'm sure you could probably rent it like ever, ever, everywhere else, though, especially yeah. since it's nominated now. But um, yeah, really recommend it. Awesome. Okay, cool. For anyone who doesn't know Travis, Travis is a film buff. I can tell if you have a Shutter account because yeah. I've always <laughs> wanted it, but like I can't justify it yet, you know. <laughs> but all my like really good film friends have a Shutter account, so. <laughs> yeah I, I uh kind of have them all at, at this point whether it's like we're paying for it or it's like oh someone else has it so like I'm gonna it's pretty much like I hate to say it it's uh it's my mom at this point and she just forgets that she has these subscriptions yeah so Which like is she your signed game. up yeah, yeah. <laughs> she signed up for a free trial of Shudder one time because my mom absolutely loves horror films um I promise this is not going to be like a a a thing just about my mom for some reason no, um I love but your mom. <laughs> So it could totally be all about your mom's fine. Also, can we get her on here? <laughs> Probably. She would actually love this. Um, sticking with like my mom then in like horror stories, one of the ones I was going to talk about um, is hers from like very early childhood has always told me about. And um, my, uh, my wife is actually uh, editor for a literary journal um, based in LA and they do these quarterly um, quarterly like do y'all remember scary stories to tell in the dark like yes. the book series yes, yes they do. do they do like their own like Latino version and it's called Hombre Lobos and it's oh. essentially like that means boogeyman and my mom all her life has talked about how like how crazy our family is and like all the stories we have and she's gonna like write a book one day um, she knows about um, Amanda being a part of this like uh, scary stories Latino version yeah. so she wrote down the story that I'm going to tell you and uh, it's it's looking like my mom's actually going to be like published in it so oh my god that's amazing yeah so it's crazy that like in her 60s like she's finally doing what she said she was going to do like back you know 30 years ago when I was a kid it's never too late oh I love god. it didn't know I was going to be inspired tonight Jeez. <laughs> Oh, you're never too old. Chase your dreams. Wow. 
but yeah, uh, that story um, I've been told since I was little. When my family uh, immigrated here from Mexico, a large portion of us settled in California and then a large portion of us settled in Phoenix. In the summers, my my nana, my grandma, and my, my tío and my mom would drive out to Phoenix and spend like the summers there. And as everyone probably knows, Phoenix in Arizona is like blistering hot. But one of the like big things that they loved doing was telling stories. Um, Mexican families are generally like storytelling families. Like we just love yeah. to tell stories, whether not, not necessarily just like scary, like just stories in general. Okay. Um, talking. But at night, my mom's probably, I don't know, 10 at this time. There was this house at the opposite end of the corner. And apparently um, three of my relatives, older distant relatives lived there when they first came to America. And um, there was always this rumor that they had money like hidden in the house somewhere. Mm-hmm. When the three of them had passed away, there wasn't like a will or trust or anything like that, like where the house like would go into, like who who the house would belong to. So an older cousin of ours, Vicente, him and um, we have funny names, him and uh, my other cousin Mosca and Adalina was the third cousin. Um, they went into like try and f- like to clean the house, but actually to try and find this this rumored money yeah my cousin Adelina had like checked in one of the closets and there was a piece of the wood in the closet that like kind of like gave way Mm -hmm. so she pushed she pushed it and it like fell (gasps) and she could reach into like the wall she had reached in and there was a bag in there (gasps) and she pulled the bag out and this obviously was being told to my mom so like no one was there this is all you know third person account yeah well no Vicente was there so Vicente was the one telling this story um he wasn't in the room though Adelina grabbed the bag she goes to reach into the bag and she feels like a hand go around her wrist No. no and she freaked out so quickly that she pulled her hand out screamed and the bag dropped and then they all ran out of the house. So uh. they, they vowed that they would never go back in. <gasps> um, but my whole family believes like it's definitely the spirit or the ghosts of my three cousins that lived there originally. And the like urban legend myth is that they still come back. Like occasionally you'll see a car parked in front of that corner house. Mm. And like in the car, there's usually three individuals sitting in the car the story of the of the corner house has always been there like every summer that my mom would be going there so like it had been you know seven summers of my mom going there and hearing this just not necessarily the story that I just said but like just knowing like oh the corner house like it's creepy stay away Mm -hmm. the night after she like heard this story finally they were leaving in the morning early because my uncle had to be back in LA apparently. And they go to get in the car. And as they're driving away from the car, my mom happens to like look out the back window at the corner house. And there was a car in the door. <laughs> and at the time, 
there was no one living in the house. Yeah. Because this house, and still to this day, I I can attest to this, to this day, apparently no one lives in the house longer than like six months to a year. So it's constantly being just turned over. And um, anytime we go to Arizona, a lot of our family doesn't live in Phoenix anymore. They've gone to different parts of Arizona. But whenever we're in Arizona, since I was little, my mom will take me to these houses and we will drive by and there's been countless times that like you see the for sale sign up in front of the corner house and like the corner house is still there and anytime she's in phoenix my mom will drive by and like see the corner house oh that gave me chills i have heard that story so many times like countless times yeah like i don't even like she to this day just swears that like I saw that car. Yeah. Um, sometimes she says there there were three heads in the, like she could see the silhouette of three people. Sometimes yeah. she forgets that part. Yeah. Um, but she like says that there is a car there like wow. every single time. Um, and my cousin Vicente, he, I mean, he had lived well into his nineties and like even into his nineties, he like swore, but like everyone in my family swore that like that happened. And I wonder like, was there something particular about those three individuals? Like, did they not, like, why wouldn't they want to will their money to the rest of their family? Like, was there some sort of like, I don't know, or did they just, they just were like, we're going to screw with people once we're gone. (laughs) Yeah. I fully agree with, like, I I also want to screw with people once I'm gone, but (laughs) I'm on board, but like, I'm just. Yeah. I mean, you would not be doing this podcast if you didn't want to haunt some people when, when you pass away. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just taking notes every episode. (laughs) What would be the scariest thing I could do? What type of ghost do I want to be? Yeah. Oh, that's actually a really good question. And yeah. like a whole nother podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, um, I I don't know. Okay. I mean, at the time that like a lot of my family was immigrating, like it it got so fractioned okay. or like broken up. Um, so my family started to come to America in the 1920s because of the Mexican civil war that was going on. So they, they were fleeing Mexico because there was just so much violence and like unrest and obviously for a better life. So that's when like my great grandma started to come here. Like one of my great grandmas like came here. Um, but essentially my family kept immigrating for like the next, you know, 40, 50 years. But you know, it's like the family gets so big that it's like, I only know them as like my cousin or I only know them as like, oh, that's my Theo or like that's, so why they wouldn't leave that money? I have no idea other than we could be stubborn. <laughs> the, the, other, the other question was like, these three were definitely like seen as like different in the family, okay. partially spilling the beans. Um, yes. And hopefully my mom doesn't uh, kill me for this, but two of them were first cousins and they were like together romantically yeah so that's why they were like different yeah yeah so like I don't know maybe like my cousin Vicente like like they all knew this and it was part of like just talking you know like yeah she's mayor gossip that happens within families right it's also interesting because like my my family owns the house that my mom would visit um right and Phoenix 
it's funny where those houses are that used to be like suburban Phoenix okay back in like the 1970s Mm-hmm. but Phoenix has expanded so much now that it's actually downtown still. Oh, wow. And if you go, if you go see those houses, they refuse to sell. Like the city has tried to buy. I don't know who owns the corner house, but it's still there as of the last time I was there was 20, uh, 2016 was the last time that I saw the corner house, but the corner house was still there in 2016. But um, my cousins own um, the other house and they refuse to sell. So like, if you go to, I'm blanking what streets these are off of, um, but if you happen to like go by these houses, it's like big buildings and businesses. And then like two little, these, like, two, these two tiny lots. That's uh-huh. like, this these is so that, like, Don't seem to want to be separated. My cousins are just like, we're not selling. Like this, this is our home. We've had it for generations and generations. So I love um, that. Yeah. The two random houses in downtown Phoenix, if you haven't happen to see them, that's probably my family. Okay, yeah, so anyone who is living there or have close drive, you should go. If you see two houses, one of which is on a That look very out of place. That look very (laughs) out of place. And you happen to see a car in that driveway with three heads run away. You know, sometimes I see like these random houses downtown LA and I'm always like, who would choose to live there? And I just figured it was because of location. But you know what? I bet you they haunted I bet you all of those weird little houses that are left are just haunted as hell and they can't sell. LA is super haunted too. So I'm sure they got so many like haunted landmarks downtown that those houses are definitely haunted. I always assumed that LA was just the way it is because of all of the like, like this city attracts the most unique souls. And I just mean like just people. Like, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and people come yeah. here with such a burning passion and such like, a, you know, well, all the ambitious, eccentric people from everywhere choose to live out here usually. Yeah, right. I get, I get then, what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And then the people that are born and raised here, like love it with such a burning passion that there's just like a bunch of energy moving in and out of this city that there's no way it doesn't get trapped here in weird places. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching that Richard Ramirez documentary. Uh, I was looking at more pictures. I don't know why I did that to myself. Uh, And just (laughs) noticing like some of these victims are on the exit. I take every day to get off the five. And I'm like, there was a body like right there. And how many more like crazy spots do you pass? It's so eerie to me. Well, what, uh, Travis, what were we talking about on our hike that, um, who is the Manson murder second victim? Um, yeah, the La Bianca house. The La Bianca house. So yeah, Anne and I had gone uh, hiking about a week ago in Griffith Park and just noticed that we were very close to the La Bianca house. Um, oh. I did just shout out Google. Um, I did just see where my photos were taking place or what? like when I took pictures of the houses off of uh, 7th Street and Van Buren. So if you're from Phoenix, <laughs> it's right near the ASU campus. Like if you look on Google Maps, it literally says downtown Phoenix and then like two blocks away, yeah. it's, it's where the two houses are. Just know that if you go looking for money, you're gonna be upset. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause I'm upset thinking about it. Oh, I kind of want to go though. I know. Yeah, we'll try and rescue this money for your family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, times are tough in COVID. I'm going to do it. 
be reaching in. I could hundred percent guarantee my family would probably not take it because it's like they're like oh, yeah that, oh, that curse yeah, didn't lift that. yeah that be cursed money if we could get it and i don't want that yeah i don't care how much it is can i get this money in an amazon gift card yeah can we yeah. can we transfer this into coupons yes. we'd be like that money comes with hands and we don't want to get those hands i love that um but no, the other, what was, what did I, I said something in response to your La Bianca murder house. Oh, um, the house near me is the house that apparently the Black Dahlia murderer lived. That's oh, right, that, that's that, right. That, like the possible. Franklin? Yeah. yeah, it looks like an alligator's mouth. Yes. It's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest shape. Yeah, and apparently mm. like that doctor, I mean, he lives in this like, cr- crazy, crazy house because he was a super successful doctor and they were saying that like the bodies were cut up or her body was cut up in such a way that it was so meticulous and scientific that it was someone either obsessed with scientific journals or a doctor and like his son ratted him out anyways that's also very similar to American Horror Story the first um the first season like the doctor that like would operate on- yeah on the babies I think it was yeah. a bit inspired yeah, he um, likes to pull like five know. stories into like one season at a time. Like the the season five, like the vampire one with Lady Gaga is like basically a bunch of famous murderers like kind of getting trapped in the Cecil Hotel. Like it's all still, you know, like a fiction inspired thing, yeah. but they'll all be like kind of connected and break off into like different serial killer stories and stuff. Good old so, Cecil. I know, I Ryan say- Murphy. Look, no, speaking of Cecil, I'm pretty sure it was you, Travis, that told me about that <laughs> madness that happened at the Cecil Hotel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think we were working together back when Alicia Lamb, like that whole thing went down when they found her in the water tank. Yeah, because that um, was 2015-ish around there. Yeah, because yeah. I think I think we met in like 2014, 13, yeah. something like that. Yes. Uh, but that took me down like a rabbit hole of like uncovering, not uncovering, but researching and finding out like all the terrible things that have happened there. Like Richard Ramirez was like stayed there during yeah. his killing spree and whatnot. Um, I actually spent my, ba- like my bachelor's party was there when I got married. <laughs> what? <laughs> I. <laughs> Did you know beforehand? So- Oh, 100%. That's why, like, yeah. my best man, like, had set it up. Oh, okay. <gasps> okay, I love this. Yeah, so um, I am, I mean, as everyone probably knows at this point, I'm very, like, in love with all these stories. Yeah. So anytime, like, I would talk to, like, Cecil would possibly get brought up, um, I'd be like, I really want to go, but I don't want to go alone. And no one ever wants to go with me. Yeah. Everyone's like, no, 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 it's it's chill. The only person that ever potentially like that definitely called my bluff, we were walking downtown and we happened to be walking by and it was my mom and I, and my mom's like, no, like, let's go in. <laughs> and she walked in and I kid you not, I like froze. I'm like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't want to go in. I don't want to go in. My God. Yeah, I mean, she's the only one that I could be uh, my my true self around. Because everyone else, I'm like, yeah, let's go in. Like, let's let's find out what happened to Elysia Lamb. Like, she deserves 
everyone needs to know like what happened, like what yeah. is going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had joked around saying like my bachelor party is the only time that I could get a group of people to do something that I want to do. And I had no idea that I was, that we were going like I had said that in passing, like joking, they uh, took me out for like dinner. And then like, we went to a few, we went bar hopping all downtown. Um, yeah, so we were all like pretty tipsy at that point. Yeah. And then we're like walking and I'm like, all right, like, let's like get going home and whatnot. And like, no, 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 we got a place. And sure enough, like we're like a block away. And like, I like put two and two together, like where we were. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh. we're going to the Cecil hotel. Like, yes, we are definitely going to the Cecil Hotel. Um, And it was the, like, grungiest, like, place I've ever stayed. Um, There was six of us guys, and we were in one of their deluxe rooms, and their deluxe rooms were two twin beds and, like, probably, like, maybe 300 square feet. Like, it was, it was tiny. Um, But we were all... (laughs) the the sad part was we were all like so tipsy that yeah. we were just like oh my gosh we need to just need a place to like crash and sleep yeah, yeah. and didn't actually like go lurking around or anything like that. but I definitely remember being tipsy and walking up to the room and like <gasps> probably very loudly being like where is she at where <laughs> is she like where is she we gotta find her and then like my my groomsmen just being like you shit like calm down yeah (laughs) if anything you're gonna attract some people that we probably don't want to attract that are probably staying here right now Mm -hmm. so they they had my back but then when I like woke up and I was on this like really itchy like twin bed it like dawned on me like oh my gosh bed bugs and like oh my gosh I gotta get out of here and then morning came and I'm like I I I I can't be here anymore yeah Um, but nothing happened nothing supernatural happened anything like that um, it was bought over, and I'm sure it's probably a fine establishment. Uh, yeah, they, I know that they refurbished it. And yeah, it, it became known as Stay on Main or something yes, like that. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, but I want to say I read not too long ago that like the city bought it from them as well because it like oh. no one wanted to stay there because of the history. Yeah. Um, if, if if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, I feel like we didn't really preface this just in case there's people listening. I don't know if we yeah. should tell the story or should just look Google. Elisa Lamb. Yeah. Cecil um, Hotel. February 10th. February 10th. There's a Cecil Hotel documentary series coming out on Netflix. Yeah. And no. They're actually they're actually investigating. They're actually investigating Alicia Lamb's like happening like what happened to her but if no one knows she was she was missing for about 10 days and then they found her in the water tower of the CISO hotel but there's absolutely sorry go no I'm sorry I didn't mean but there's like there's video footage of her in the in the um and she was like a a Canadian and she had like come here for school there's video footage like security camera footage of her in the super creepy elevator like talking to someone but she's the only one in the elevator and then she like looks like she's having like a an argument or some sort of like she's kind of like in and out of the elevator on one floor she's doing weird hand gestures yeah she's and the, ele- the elevator won't move she like gets in the elevator and she's pressing it to like go and yeah. it doesn't move i'm getting and then she's like looking out and then she ends up like walking away and then as soon as she walks away the elevator doors close and then it moves again 
Yeah. Oh my God. I'm getting like, I remember showing you the video on like my phone when all this like went, when the news like started talking about all this. And I remember showing you and Janice, shout out Janice, chef for love catering. I remember showing both of you. And then Janice was like, I, 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 I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that at all. Yeah. And I was like, I do, but I don't, but I do, but I don't. Right. all over my body anyway like, yeah. it's a tragic story and it and, and it's sad and you don't want to be exploitative but at the same time there's like that that deep yearning in me that I'm like I want to know what I think it's what was on. happening yeah yeah human nature to be slightly morbid and like mm. need to know the end of a mystery like that like yeah if you knew if we knew all the gruesome details we probably would let it go but like the fact that it's such still such a mystery, even with like security yeah. cameras and like yeah. just the impossibility of where she was found yeah. is insane. So anyways, yeah. what, and the water that, tower was locked and like uh, no one had the her key, clothes were like, yeah. set there and folded. It's all it's so yeah. strange. I definitely would like want that case to be completely solved over probably any other case that's still open. Like even John yeah. Bonet, I think I would pick Elisa Lamb because I know the brother did it with John Bonet. So don't get me started. <laughs> that documentary was so disturbing and that brother was cuckoo. In my last film that I made, um, there's like this little part where the main protagonist is listening to a podcast and it's a true crime podcast. And uh, the podcasters, it's like this fake uh, true crime podcast. And I had the podcasters talk about like, oh, today we're looking at the unsolved case of Elysia Lamb. And like when that got brought up on set, everyone, because I filmed it in New York, everyone um, was like, what is this? Like, they thought I like made this all up and I'm like, oh, 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 okay. We are breaking for lunch now. I will tell you exactly what is going on. And when Netflix dropped this trailer, like two weeks ago, I had four different people from the set, like text me the trailer and like, oh my gosh, they're doing it. They're doing it. And like by the fourth person, I'm like, I know I got it already. I've seen the trailer. Like (laughs) I have it on my watch list. It's, it's prepped and ready to go. Oh my God. I'm, yeah. uh, thank you. Cause I need to watch that. And also no, thank you. Cause I'm going to be really scared after it, but I'm excited either way. It's called crime scene, the vanishing at the Cecil hotel. Ugh. But there's so many, like the Cecil hotel has so many other, like you said, Richard Ramirez. Mm-hmm. I feel like there were s- several other John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Is was he, he there? Stayed there for a bit, or this might be my knowledge of American Horror Story twisting these up because right. all of them are there at one point. I think so. Right. We had a famous, uh, we had a famous pigeon lady. Um, <laughs> yes, that hung out in Pershing Square back in the night, eighties, nineties. Trying to remember, she was like everyone knew her as a pigeon lady, very reminiscent of like the Home Alone pigeon lady. Yeah, she stayed at Cecil, and she was murdered there. Yeah, oh, there, there's been several. There's also been like I think like fifty or sixty suicides. Yes, that that's what I read a whole like as soon as I saw this this current mystery, I did a whole deep dive on that hotel, and mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember the high suicide rate, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was like a certain time or if it was like just I don't know a super cheap hotel, so people would 
I think it started but, to become but that's known the as the place where people could go and like the people I've, I've deep dive into this too. And I saw something saying that often the alarm to like go outside on the building was like not even activated anymore because they would have to go up so often to go check it and reset it because people were trying to get up there and like commit suicide that they just turned off the alarm or would like prop the door open. It became that, but the scary thing is like, it didn't even, it didn't even start that way. It was like Mm -hmm. the first person who commit, like Cecil used to be like a grand hotel that like Mm -hmm. kept up with all the, you know, the hotels in the area. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, that's, that's like Broadway right there. So like in in the heydays, like that was like the spot to be, but when everything started to move to Hollywood, like downtown became like this derelict area and Cecil yeah. couldn't keep up with like the Biltmore and like the other places that are in downtown. That's when it started to transition. But the first person who like died in the Cecil was like a well-to-do woman who jumped out of her hotel window because she was having a fight with her husband and she landed on someone walking by on the street and two people died. Oh, and like no. that was the first, yeah, that was the first like, death at Cecil and I want to say that was before like it went in the downward trajectory oh, wow. that it went in okay. that's a whole another podcast though like on okay. just the Cecil I can't yeah. wait for our I mean, Cecil podcast yeah maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll, if, if you would come back and join us maybe we can have a Cecil deep dive as like a holiday edition or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah or I am always down to talk about Cecil oh me too oh my gosh I'm so glad that popped up because I forgot that you were the one that introduced me to that. Yep. Yep. Um, is there anything else? Listeners, that was the same day I said that she was going gray. So yeah. yeah. Yes. It was like, Hey, you're going gray. Let me tell you a ghost story. (laughs) Let's make more gray hairs. And then for friends. (laughs) Yeah. That's the way to my heart. Insult me and then tell me ghost stories. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I love it. Um, do you have any other stories to okay. give us? Last one, uh, last one, and th- this is like my own personal one. Um, I already talked about family and like culture, but the only the closest I've ever been to anything paranormal in this way. Um, my cousins had moved into a house in Long Beach. They they still live there now. Um, they're probably listening right now because I'm definitely gonna be posting about this um but um one of my cousins said that he saw a goat in his in their in their house goat so yeah a goat like an animal goat okay and as I said before like my family is definitely like like even if you're not practicing Christian or practicing Catholic, like there, it, it's still ingrained. So yeah. like, you know, goats are usually like possibly like the devil and like horns and like yeah, black, stuff black. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or like if you ever, or if, if if you saw the witch, um, yes, oh. the film, and like the goat yeah. is the devil the whole time. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. This was in middle school. So my cousins and I were probably, you know, like 12, 13, I don't know, however old you are in, in middle school. Um, yeah. And one of my cousins uh, had said that he saw a goat. And we were all like, we need to make sure he is not on drugs this early because this is crazy. Like, 
<laughs> why is he seeing a goat? Like, that's insane. Um, but no, he he was like, I no, I, I like was not high or anything. I walked out of the hall, like I walked out the hallway and it was standing there in the kitchen and I ran back into the bedroom and then I ran back and then it wasn't there anymore. So obviously like no one believed him. Like I didn't believe him at all. So I was like, all right, I, I'm definitely gonna spend the night. And we, you know, we would spend the night at each other's house all the time. But like with this, I was definitely, oh my gosh, I want to see, I wanna see the- a, demon, a demonic goat that's just like chilling in your kitchen. Like, can it talk? Like, I want to see this. Sign me up. Um, so go to spend the night. Uh, the whole day that I'm there, no goat is there. And I don't know, I'm like, maybe there's too many people in the house. It's like shy. Um, so we go to sleep and, or well, go to, go to sleep. I definitely, we could not sleep, you know, and cousins just stay up when yeah. other cousins are over, you know? And then it was middle of the night around like two 30. I'm like approximating the time. I don't know exactly. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely middle of the night. Everyone was like asleep. His, his parents were asleep in their bedroom. Um, and it was myself and three other cousins, all of them were brothers. Um, but we start to hear something outside of like the bedroom door. The bedroom door is closed. And I'm like half asleep at this point. And uh, my cousin had like woken me up and was like, hey, like, I think I, I think I hear something. So like, I am like trying to like shrug him off. Like, right. like clearly nothing has happened. You're lying, like blah, blah, blah. Um, you were probably definitely high. Uh, and then like, I heard like a bang. And then that's what like made my eyes like, go wide um and then kid you not this is the closest I have ever gotten to any sort of paranormal activity outside of the bedroom um so like the two bedrooms were next to each other a bathroom was in between the two bedrooms a hallway then like down the long down the hallway goes into the living room and then the kitchen next to the living room okay so essentially and I'm sorry that like listeners cannot like possibly envision this but essentially like the bedroom that we were staying in like shares a wall with the kitchen and the living room okay right so that's pretty much all you need to know and remember the goat was seen in the kitchen yeah and we hear like they clearly weren't footsteps but like oh, clip clock here <laughs> We just hear, it was more like, it was more like heavy, like, like <gasps> just thuds of like, cause like there's also carpet right outside the kitchen. So it's like, yeah. as soon as they get to like so pass it. And the ghost then, of a frolicking goat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh Ghosts are not all scary. Oh no. That's the PSA I'm trying to get out on this uh, podcast. I want just everyone wanna to know. Dance. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, when your dog passes away, they did their, their spirit is still there, you know, like Aww. their animals have spirits too. Um, so I would like to say that we got, we're like, oh, we definitely got to see this goat and like go outside and see what's making this noise. Yeah. Um, but we did not do that. We opened the door <laughs> super fast and we bravely 
ran to my cousin's parents' bedroom and yelled at them that there was something in. And like they like they got up, they obviously took us seriously at first and then checked the house and there was like nothing. Yeah. And to this day, like we have no idea what it is. But I will say this. We've obviously sat around and like tried to think this through, right? Try try to be like rational human beings. Yeah. We're like, we could all agree it didn't come from the wall. So it wasn't like pipes or anything in the wall. It wasn't from above. It wasn't the ceiling. We all like agreed it was definitely like from the floor region. Like yeah. it, it it sounded like it was coming from the floor. Um yeah. so it's like the best we could think of is there is an animal under the house. <gasps> okay. Walking upside down, possibly. <laughs> Oh shit. Because like the only thing you could think of is like if if the animal's under the house, like its feet would be on the ground. It wouldn't be like on the floor. Um but there has been several different instances of activity at this house. Um like my cousins and my mom doesn't ever want to like stay the night there or anything like that, but there's definitely been other instances of presence, presence, presences. Presences? Yeah. 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 You get what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> I want to say that, and, and I, I, I mean, I've been so caught up with this conversation. I don't know if I even said the story, but the story that I told you about my other cousin in the living room, it's the same oh. house. Oh, okay. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Do you feel comfortable telling that or no? Sure, sure. I, I won't go into detail um, no, or no. like into too much detail. Yeah, so yeah. Um, the same, co- the cousin that I had previously talked about that had flatlined for five minutes, um, he was actually staying in, in this house. And um, my uh, my cousin's parents, right? The ones that I was just talking about, in the middle of the night, the husband, um, he went to like get water from the kitchen. And as he went, as he passed the living room, um, my cousin that has that had passed away, that has now passed away, he was uh, sleeping on the couch that night. To this day, when my cousin's parent past my cousin's dad past the living room he saw like a dark figure standing over like my cousin that passed away and he like got extremely scared and like tried to yell at it or like cast it out in the name of Jesus and then like he went back into the bedroom um unfortunately and uh painfully my cousin actually did pass away like the, the the next morning they found him that that he had passed away in, in the middle of the night um so it's all the same house that that i that i'm talking about the goat um obviously i wasn't there for that but that was another instance that that clearly um i mean believe what you want to believe but like my cousin's dad was very adamant that he saw what he saw and like the end result the next day was you know tragedy for our family um so yeah it's just 
so many of these things have been said and passed around our family and like experienced that mm-hmm. you can't help but but wonder and think and believe like what's out there yeah I almost feel like uh, and I mean growing up Catholic like supposedly I shouldn't believe in that stuff but I almost feel like when you grow up in like a church or like a religious institution that's like strong um like for me I feel like that's why I do believe in ghosts and spirits and energy like that because like if you're gonna believe in God and in you know angels and devils and forces of good and evil like there's got to be in betweens at least in I mean, my yeah there's my there, there's plenty of there's plenty of uh you know sp- spiritual warfare and like yeah spirits and angels and like all throughout the bible like the devil right. is very prominent throughout the bible like right. It's not like it's it's not like it's just even Old Testament stuff. It's like right. Jesus came and then G- and then Jesus is even talking about the devil and talking to the devil. So like if you believe if 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 you're growing up and gonna believe in God and gonna believe in Jesus, then you have to believe in the devil as well. Right. And you know, everything that may entail. Right. And I wonder, just thinking about it now, like I wonder if, you know, maybe this this spiritual warfare that you mentioned like if what we're seeing is you know bits of that but like our brains can't comprehend you know the actual visage of those things and so what what it looks like to us is you know an old man like you know or just like our brains all people creepy yeah people are so creepy yes they are um but yeah like or like a woman in a white dress like there's maybe our brains like shift the vision to something that maybe our brain would comprehend a little bit more mm-hmm. everyone but e- but even that you know like our, our 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 brains are so fascinating and like they're made to protect us and preserve us as an as an animal and as a human being right that like you know we see something like that and we're like oh that is not that is not normal like i need to mm-hmm. stay away from that woman who's barefoot in the white dress right <laughs> maybe it's I mean it could maybe ghosts can be explained away by your brain seeing something supernatural that it can't quite um explain and so it protects you by putting something a little bit more explainable within your realm of of I don't know I mean that's why the uncanny valley is so like disturbing to us right it's because like we see a human but like we can't comprehend like why like what's off about this person or thing in this uncanny valley and like that's why our brain's like you should just leave what's uncanny valley uncanny valley is like a um it's like the stepford wives or like the best like most modern example is like get out like he's in the house and like there's humans there but like there's clearly something off something off okay uh but the uncanny valley is that i i believe it, it 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 would be a theory if i were to just like sum up what it is yeah okay um but it's a theory of like yeah anesthetics the uncanny valley is a hypothesized relationship between the degree of an object's resemblance to a human being and the emotional response to such an object so like you see something that resembles a human but you can really tell that's not 
Yeah, that's why yeah. with like robots, if if you've ever seen like some of the human like robots, that's like we get creeped out by them. Like, oh, that's so creepy because it's too human like. Yeah. And like we need our robots to be like clearly robots for us to be like, all right, we're chill with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Okay, I need to, yeah. I need to dive into that too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's so, so interesting. I also wonder, like, with your stories, I'm I'm just wondering, there's so many different types of ghosts, whether they're good or bad and demons, that I'm just wondering, are there as are there that many variations of like how they're attached to people? Like, are they attached to the family or are they attached to the place? Or does it have to do with some kind of unfinished business quotation fingers why they're sticking around so that's what they attach to or is it like you know an allotted time you're still around I just I'm it baffles me I know that's not you know a question we'll ever really yeah. figure out I mean the in, the interesting thing about all of the things that we're talking about is like it affects every culture every like ethnicity, every mm-hmm. country, every socioeconomic like level. Um, I mean, why are most horror stories about like rich white people in a big house that they bought? You know, like you have like it, like that, and then you have like stuff is like crazy or as simple of a ghost story that like we're told as like little Mexican ninos. You know, yeah. <laughs> Whether it's to like keep kids in check or not, like are like humans in general regardless of where we come from are all fascinated by it yeah so true well I'm thoroughly creeped out yeah those stories a lot of goosebumps tonight a lot of goat bumps no I tried that out (laughs) I tried to end on the goat one so that people would be like oh this guy's so stupid he thinks there's there's a ghost goat I love the ghost goat Hey, I believe in it. I mean, after I watched the Vivitch, which is what I call it. Yeah. I'm freaked out thoroughly by all goats and they have square eyes. That's not normal. So I love black Peter. So (laughs) I I found him riveting. (laughs) That movie though. So good. It is really good. It is really good. Noticed side note, unimportant. I did not notice like it was like the first time you ever saw that Anna Joy Taylor. So like, I remember going like, oh, that girl's so interesting looking. Like she's really Mm -hmm. cool looking and, but like not, and then all of a sudden she was everywhere. Like, I love those moments when you go back and you go, oh my God, she like that, that was her first movie or like, that was the first movie I saw her in. And then all of a sudden she was a huge thing. Right. Love it when you like suddenly realize, oh yeah, that huge sensation now was in that tiny movie that like, I had no clue who they were at that point. But like, I remember when they got, um, when the movie got like the blessing of the Satan Association of America or something like that. Oh, really? Like, yeah, they, like they, and I'm sure I'm almost positive a portion of it was probably marketing, like publicity of like A24 being like, hey, you should like comment on this. Um, But definitely when like the Satan Society was like, yeah this is this legit right here like this movie you should go see it um but like also when you look at that movie and then you look at like hereditary 
it's like that it's two a24 films which if listeners don't know a24 is a production company that uh does distribution and and producing um but it's two two a24 films that like end with like hailing satan and i'm like Mm -hmm. "Ah!" (laughs) what does the a stand for and what does the 24 stand for Ooh, is that another mystery we can unravel yeah, I, 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 no that. I love those two movies. I'm I want to rewatch Midsummer for some reason. Like oh. it's just been sitting mm-hmm. with me for months, and I, I want to rewatch it. And Taylor's so scared why I want to rewatch it. He's like, please don't. <laughs> I absolutely hated that movie, and I know I'm in like the extreme minority on that. But no, like, I don't know I any of my friends painful. who like it. Yeah, they all were like, I would never watch that. I remember watching it and going, I'm not enjoying this. Uh, But later with the conclusion and sitting with it, it's one of those movies that just still sits with me and I keep thinking about. And so not that it has like the most impact on me, but it has a large impact on me the the, yeah. the rent space it's taking up in my brain you know like there's I, yeah. so many good movies I watch that just leave my brain after I'm like yes good movie but that one it's just <laughs> it's just <laughs> sitting there and hereditary hereditary sat there too for me so maybe it's just a24 trying to make my brain work well just, that's the same director midsummer and hereditary it's mm-hmm. Ari Aster and whatever childhood trauma he went through yeah. It bare now. I just really appreciate movies, especially recently, because it just seems like so many are the same over and over again. I just really appreciate the odd movie that ends on a negative note, not because yeah. that's how I want life to be, but also like it's realistic that some things yeah. quite work out. And I, I like right. seeing that reflected yeah. so that when I do go and see a movie where it's a ha- you know a rom-com with a happy ending it's all the more enjoyable because it's not necessarily a given that everything's right. going to be okay in the end like I like a movie that that switches that up for me so that the joyful movies are that much more joyful right yeah I, I completely agree with that I, I I don't know who it was I'm some famous philosopher literature author um who had said like artists are the mirror to society and it's like that's like when you have a negative ending Mm -hmm. I feel like that really I mean that's like an exclamation point on like this is a mirror like what what are you supposed to be left with or what are you supposed to feel yeah or like I mean kind of back to what we were talking about with you know the stories you grew up like is it a cautionary tale like is it something that you know even if it even if the cautionary tale isn't like watch out for satanist cults but it's like <laughs> should you address you know as far as like hereditary goes like should you address mental illness and therapy before you get to that boiling point <laughs> um, hopefully that boiling point is not that but yeah you on fire <laughs> like poor, yeah. a poor character was doomed to be um yeah. but yeah like i, I think those those movies that that end on a sour note to yeah to me like that that mirror that you're talking about is definitely like look this is a super extreme fantastical outcome but like this could be you if you don't 
keep your mental health in check or just, you know, like keep people around you that are good or yeah. We're going to put some intense imagery to this so that you will remember it. Yeah. yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. Um, Elijah Wood has a podcast with, uh, someone else that I blanking on their name right now. So sorry to that person. If you happen to be listening to this podcast, um, they interview like different, um, different directors that have done like horror films. Um, it's a podcast that's on shutter and I'm sure you can find it wherever podcasts are. Um, but they interviewed Guillermo del Toro and he had said something like a lot of his upbringing that he's talking about. Like I was like, yes, so much like Mexican families. Yes. Um, But he had said like, you know, Mexican people just, we as a culture and as a people like go through so much tragedy that we have to find a way to like make any sort of sense of what it is that that we go through I give it purpose yeah yeah and and like my I mean personally my family's been through quite a bit and like looking at like my family and like my mom's upbringing and and I mean super grateful and blessed now but like yeah like that there's it makes sense why we would gravitate towards stories like this in order to like not only is it escapism to some extent but it's also like explaining the why to this world because at times the world could be crueler than any like unknown world that we try to create you know mm-hmm. right that's beautiful yeah. thank yeah. you <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on I just yeah, I feel like course. we could talk for, for hours me. this was so yeah fun. yeah this is especially fun because you're recording it so late um like it kind of feels like a slumber party I am literally (laughs) Mm -hmm. um everyone is in comfy clothes so like it kind of made it like I wish I would have turned my lights off a little bit more yeah Um, and just had just had like candlelight and like and a flashlight under my face yeah burning are you afraid of the dark and we just like throw some water on the fire (gasps) oh my gosh we should have done that that copyrighted though Probably next time. Next time. When we're in person, you should record your podcast in person around a campfire like that. And then the guest yeah. like throws out the, the campfire. Yeah. Yes. That's we'll a really that. good idea. And that's a great idea. We'll do that. And you could film it and record it. And then you could have it on like a YouTube channel and on podcast. Live stream it on Twitch while we have yes. you, your mom, come <laughs> and sit oh around the fire with us. And you oh guys my gosh. can like tell us stories. If anyone got a yard, I sure as hell don't. So don't either. I can <laughs> take wood blocks from my work though. Don't Sh- think shout they- out my mom again. We literally have a fireplace in the backyard of my mom's like old <laughs> in my mom's backyard. Okay, yeah. Please send us this link to this book because I'm so interested. Yeah. In- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I would there's, love to. There's one edition out already. Um and then like the new edition uh my wife is currently like working on and should be out you know, sometime in spring. Is this the edition that your mom's going to be on? The one that's coming out. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Send us that. Cause we'll, we'll put it on our Instagram so people can check it out as oh, well. Nice. Yeah. 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 We'll definitely add a link to that in the little show notes here. And now that yes. we're at the end of this episode, if there's anything else you would like to plug, we give you a whole couple minutes to just brag about yourself. Let's do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so um, as Anne already like shouted out, um, I am a filmmaker and editor by by trade. Um, if you could just you know put my links in like the show notes, like my my IG, my Twitter, all that stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but just on the horizon, um, Anne already knows this, but I'm actually starting a podcast myself. Myself and two other friends will be looking at good bad and bad good films and the title of the podcast will be called good bad bad good um so yeah i'll i'll probably um ask y'all to like just give a shout out when that actually comes out it's probably in like a month or so so yeah oh my god absolutely that sounds so good yeah and also like i've talked to travis about like the concept of this and it's like wildly fascinating just the difference between a good bad and a bad good movie it's so true. I I cannot wait to hear about it because yeah. we literally yes. pick the good bad movies to watch for like once a month here. So I'm I'm so ready to hear this. Yes. I I'm a fan of picking the controversial ones because I'm usually like a film snob as well, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um and we're doing Waterworld. And like everyone everyone like loves that movie, but I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot." I've actually never seen it. Oh my God. It's the best <laughs> bad movie you'll ever see. It's so good. It's got Kevin Costner as a fish man, not a man, fish, but like a fish man. Um, and I might've spoiled it. I don't know if no one has seen <laughs> Waterworld. Maybe no, we'll that's like one of the concepts. I okay. mean, that's okay. like early on. Anyways, the, the villains are literally people that smoke too much. They're called the smokers. <laughs> And they drive jet skis and they're looking for dry land. It's <laughs> the best. Yep. It's the best. And if you want to see a better version of the film, go to Universal Studios Hollywood. Right. And see the live. Watch see the, the live. live you will leave drenched every time, no matter what area you sit in. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you should yep. also uh, watch a movie called Velocipaster. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's on Amazon prime. And then everything that will be recommended after is like slowly what we're going through. There's like a birdemic one. There's, there's so many I've good seen birdemic. Yeah. Yeah. We just watched that one, but Velocipaster, I'm not kidding. I loved that one. I think everyone should go see that one. It's a, it's a work of art. It is a chef. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh so my yeah, gosh. I think that's a perfect spot that's to the end. Of me looking at the pictures of the film. Yes. It. Yeah, it's perfect. I will definitely be watching this. Yes, perfect. Right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Your stories yes. were awesome. Yes, glad I could help. Yeah. All right. We'll see you soon, everyone. Have a good night. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.